Hey, welcome back to the Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism and science and religion and every other topic that interests us. I'm going to do this video demonstrating that we have found and we know what Lehi's DNA looks like. Lehi from the Book of Mormon and the Lamanite DNA. We do actually have a lot of that available for us to test, explore, and learn about. This is one of the Mormon apologists' biggest arguments is that they said, well, we don't know what it looks like. If we had it, we could test it. But therefore, since we don't, the DNA genetic studies about the Book of Mormon is basically incomplete. Uh, we can't find enough information to be able to test validly. And this is one of the Mormon apologists' strongest arguments. I want to directly confront that with the evidence that we in fact do have this. So without further ado, let me give you the answer up front. And it's going to take a little bit of doing because there's more evidence for this than the apologists are ever letting us know about. And then after I set the context, which is the answer, then I will explore various arguments that the Mormon apologists are giving us to take our eye off the prize. I think they are deliberately muddying the waters, and I intend on clarifying those waters. For the past 175 years, the Mormon Church has taught that Native Americans from Alaska to Argentina were direct descendants of the Book of Mormon Lamanites. This has been done in both official and unofficial contexts. Since the early 1850s, as far as that goes, Mormons speculated that Polynesians were the direct descendants of Lehi. This received prophetic approval with Brigham Young's 1858 declaration that those islanders and the natives of this country are of the house of Israel, the seed of Abraham, according to Addison Pratt. This belief in an ancestral link of Native American peoples and Polynesians to the Israelite protagonists of the Book of Mormon story persists among the vast majority of Mormons to this day. The official Mormon teaching is found in various sources including their scriptures, the church curriculum, and the official church publications featuring quotes from the highest ecclesiastical leaders. These are direct quotes from sources unless, of course, otherwise indicated. Some Mormon apologists now will argue that the only thing that we have to consider as official is the four standard works. And yet, we find in the Student Manual for Religion 333, published by the Mormon Church, regarding the words of the living prophets, prophets have the right to personal opinions, and this is how the apologists will always approach this. But the manual in teaching the youth of the church, here's what it says, and it is published by the church 
Not every word they speak should be thought of as an official representation, interpretation, or pronouncement. However, their discourses to the saints and their official writings should be considered products of their prophetic calling and should be heeded. So the manual given to the youth and the institute, which is the college youth and the seminary youth, say even though the prophets have the right to their opinion, their teachings are within their own prophetic tradition and they should be heeded. The manual continues, the prophet does not have to say, thus saith the Lord, to give us scripture. Mind you that. This is the teachings of the Living Prophet Student Manual for Religion 333, the copyrights 1982. So, of course, Ezra Taft Benson's BYU devotional talk also comes into play here and his standard 14 truths to following the prophets. 14 fundamentals is what he said. The living prophet is more vital to us than the dead prophets. Ezra Taft Benson emphasized this. Dallin H. Oaks today emphasizes this. Gordon B. Hinckley emphasized this. They all emphasize this idea that it is to the living prophets, even over the scripture. Yes? The most important reading we can do is any of the words of the prophets contained each week in the church section of the Deseret News and any words of the prophets at all each month in our church magazines. True, they have the right to their opinion, but these are still the most important reading we can do, and that is what they emphasize. So, I'm going to emphasize this, because it appears to me that the Mormon apologists are ignoring this. Let's keep taking a look. President Spencer W. Kimball defined the term of the Lamanite. It includes all Indians and all Indian mixtures, such as the Polynesians, the Guatemalans, the Peruvians, way down there in South America, as well as the Sioux, the Apache, the Mohawk, the Navajo, and all others. It is a large group of people. He said this in his article of Royal Blood in the Ensign, July 1971, page 7. When we look into the Book of Mormon itself, we find it saying, And then shall the remnant of our seed know concerning us, and how we came out of Jerusalem and from Jerusalem, and that they are descendants of the Jews. This is 2 Nephi 30, verse 4. There is the DNA. Let's keep exploring this. We have clear identification of not only Lehi, but Lamanite DNA. Joseph Smith himself taught that the angel Moroni said 
that the inhabitants of this continent were the literal descendants of Abraham. He says that in uh, the Papers of Joseph Smith, Volume 2, edited by Dean Jesse. That's 1992 by the church. He said the Indians were the literal descendants of Abraham. Now, one of the apologetic techniques is to say, well, the prophets have a right to their opinion, and he was just spouting his opinion. But this is the angel telling Joseph Smith that. Perhaps they would say that that was just the angel's opinion instead of Joseph Smith's. Joseph Smith himself at the Grove addressed the Indians at some length, according to B.H. Roberts in the official history of the church, the comprehensive history of the church, and he said, the Lord had revealed to him concerning their forefathers and recited to them the promises contained in the Book of Mormon respecting themselves. How their hearts must have glowed as they listened to the prophet relate the story of their forefathers, their rise and fall, and the promises held out of them, to them, of their redemption from their fallen state. That's the Comprehensive History of the Church, Volume 2, pages 88 and 89. The third Mormon prophet, John Taylor, renewed missionary labors among the Lamanites when they were in Utah following a revelation he received in October of 1882. The revelation stated in part, Thus saith the Lord to the twelve and to the priesthood and the people of my church, proceed therewith, forthwith, and call to your aid any assistance that you may require among the seventies to assist you in your labors in introducing and maintaining the gospel among the Lamanites throughout the land. This is a revelation to John Taylor, October 13, 1882. The land that the Lamanites they were laboring to is not talking about Mesoamerica here. This is in Utah. Armand Mouse notes that a few days following this revelation, John Taylor elaborated on its meaning in the letter, and he said, the work of the Lord amongst the Lamanites must not be postponed if we desire to retain the approval of God. Thus far, we have been content to simply baptize them, and then we let them run wild again. He said, no, we need to baptize them and incorporate them into our society. We have to take care in instructing them. Getting them in the same organization of the priesthood must be introduced and maintained among the house of Lehi. There is your Lehi DNA right there. Elder Spencer W. Kimball, the apostle and prophet, taught in the Ensign article of Royal Blood this is in 1971, page 7. He taught, Lehi and his family became the ancestors of all the Indians and Mestizo tribes in North and South and Central America and in the islands of the sea. Mark E. Peterson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles said as the ancient Israelites suffered a dispersion and this dispersion sprinkled them from among all the nations, so the descendants of Laman and Lemuel, the sons of Lehi, were sifted over the vast areas of the western hemisphere 
They are found from pole to pole. This is in his book, Children of the Promise, 1981, page 31. That's pretty all-inclusive for a complete hemispheric geography from one of the leaders of the church. That's very all-inclusive. And M. Dallas Burnett said the church is unique in its theological as well as its philosophical understanding of the peoples of the Americas, known as Indians as well as the inhabitants of the Pacific Islands. These people are a remnant of the House of Jacob and descendants of Lehi, an Israelite who left Jerusalem about 600 years BC and came to the Americas. This was published in the Ensign for July 1971, page 11, in his article, Lamanites and the Church. They are approaching this in the most straightforward, literalistic manner that they know how, based on their obvious reading of the obvious teaching of the Book of Mormon. In the Ensign, September 1972, what is a Lamanite? We read, the redemption of the Lamanite as a remnant of scattered Israel in accordance with Book of Mormon prophecy is one of the vital responsibilities and opportunities of the restored church. There's our Lamanite and Lehite DNA. From a missionary pamphlet, the church produced for missionaries to share with all of their people across the world wherever they were ministering, what is the Book of Mormon? This was published in 1982. Lehi's people and Mulek's people eventually merged and became one nation, the ancestors of the American Indians. The Book of Mormon is the ancient history of this people telling of their wars, their movements, their kings, their religion, which was the religion of Israel, for these people were Israelites and they practiced the law of Moses. Elder Ted E. Brewerton, a general authority of the church, said many migratory groups came to the Americas, but none was as important as the three mentioned in the Book of Mormon. The blood of these people flows in the veins of the Blackfoot and the Blood Indians of Alberta. Canada, in the Navajo and the Apache of the American Southwest, the Inca of Western South America, the Aztec of Mexico, the Maya of Guatemala, and in other Native American groups in the Western Hemisphere and in the Pacific Islands. These choice Native people recognized the truth of the Book of Mormon, which was recorded for them by their own ancestors. This is in the Book of Mormon, a sacred ancient record in the Ensign for November 1995. There's your Lamanite DNA, and there's tons of it. Again, President Gordon B. Hinckley in the Ensign for October 1999. The remarks at the dedication of the Ecuador Temple, this was reported in the News of the Church. He said, I sense a spirit of gratitude for this new temple. The saints have waited a very, very long time. It has been a very interesting thing to see the descendants of Lehi 
in the congregations that have gathered in the temple, so very many of these people have the blood of Lehi in their veins. And it's just an intriguing thing to see their tremendous response and their tremendous interest. There's your Lehi DNA, the blood of DNA, the plain understanding of a prophet of God doing the missionary work of the church that is being led by Jesus Christ. This is what the apologists do not want you to grasp. They want to muddy the waters and they want you to understand that things are more complex. But they really aren't. And there's more evidence. We have lots of Lehi and lots of Lamanite blood available to us right now today. At the Bolivia Temple, dedicated by Gordon B. Hinckley, in four sessions of April 2000, in his dedicatory prayer, Hinckley said, this nation is named for Simon Bolivar, the great liberator of much of South America, who died the year my re thy restored church was organized. May the incomparable principles of democracy be preserved forever in this republic. We remember before thee the sons and daughters of Father Lehi. Wilt thou keep thine ancient promises in their behalf, lift their shoulders from the burden of poverty, and cause the shackles of darkness to fall from their eyes? May they rise to the glories of the past. May they recognize their Redeemer and be faithful and true saints of the Most High God. This was published in the News of the Church, the Ensign, for July 2000. There is your Lehi DNA. There is your Lamanite DNA in the hundreds of thousands of people. President Gordon B. Hinckley in the Ensign, in the News of the Church, God's Holy Work in Peru for 1997 had this to say. He visited Lima, Peru, where he met with missionaries and held two conferences attended by over 28,000 Latter-day Saints. President Hinckley recognized the Book of Mormon heritage of his listeners in Lima. As I look into your faces, he told them, I think of Father Lehi, whose sons and daughters you are. I think he must be shedding tears of joy today, tears of love and gratitude. This is but the beginning of the work in Peru. This work of the Almighty will go on and grow and grow. There is your Lehi DNA. There is your Lamanite DNA from the prophet of God doing the missionary work that's being guided by Jesus Christ. In the Pearl of Great Price in the Joseph Smith History in Scripture 134, Joseph Smith relates that Moroni told him these gold plates give an account of the former inhabitants of this continent. Now he's in New York when the angel tells him this, right? And the source from which they sprang. So, this is North America, not Mesoamerica. There's also another account of where Joseph Smith described 
in June of 1834, he described his vision of self, the white Lamanite, that the brethren discovered there and that he was a great prophet. But he specifically mentioned from the burial mound in Illinois of the white Lamanite warrior named Zelf. And I will discuss more of Zelf a little later. Right now I want to establish the fact that we have a lot of Lehi DNA and Lamanite DNA specifically used to test the people with the DNA genetic tests. This is what the apologists don't want us to grasp. Spencer W. Kimball, prophet of the church, said, now the Lamanites number about 60 million, 60 million, and they're in all of the states of America, from Tierra del Fuego, southern Argentina, all the way up to Point Boros, Alaska. And they are in nearly all of the islands of the sea from Hawaii south to southern New Zealand. He said that in his Ensign article of Royal Blood in 1971. Now that's tons of Lamanite DNA. I've got news for you. We have a prophet who is doing the work among the Lamanites being guided by Jesus Christ, who is identifying the Lamanites. This process of redeeming the Lamanite people has been far from easy, and especially for the Lamanites themselves. He says, for thousands of years after the closing of the Book of Mormon record, these people wandered in spiritual darkness. They were scattered upon the American continents and upon the isles of the sea. When Columbus came, these descendants of the Book of Mormon peoples and those with whom they had already mixed numbered in the millions. And they cover the islands of the Pacific and the Americas from Point Barrow to Tierra del Fuego. All the way. It is total geography. All of the Americas. Tons and tons of Lamanite DNA identified by a prophet through revelation from Jesus Christ to carry forth the gospel to those descendants of the Book of Mormon. So my appeal today is for Lamanites, he said, all the Lamanites, the Mexicans, the Polynesians, the Indians, all of them. This is the first presidency message in the Ensign for December 1975. Our paths have met again. Page 2, 3, and 4. So he continues in yet another article. The uttermost parts of the earth. We can find this. It's nice because the church has all of the ensigns. I believe they date back to 1970. And it's free. You can just look them up. Go on the church website, click on magazine, click on Ensign, do a search for Lamanites. And all of these articles come up in the Ensigns. This one is from July 1979. Again, when Spencer W. Kimball was prophet. 
This is the beginning of a great fulfillment of prophecy, he says, and promised that the gospel message would be carried back to these people. He's saying his work among the Indians in North Central and South America is a fulfillment of Book of Mormon prophecy. He is saying that as a prophet carrying out that fulfillment under the tutelage of Jesus Christ. He says, ideally, this will be helped with missionaries that are Lamanite as well. It would be grand if Lamanite missionaries taught the Lamanites, once they convert, taught the rest of their Lamanite brethren. There's been more wards and more stakes organized in Lamanite areas, even though more must be done. But the magnitude of the Lamanite work in the heart of Central and South America largely still awaits us. But that's where the mission is carrying forth the work. Tons and tons and tons of Lamanite DNA, of Lehite DNA. Spencer W. Kimball specifically identified them as having the very blood of Lehi in their veins. Now, I wanted to give voice to Hugo Perigo because he is such a prominent Mormon apologist and he is a powerful voice in the DNA and genetics community and in this discussion of Book of Mormon and the DNA. This is in the book A Reason for Faith 2016. Besides, it's one of the more newer uh, analysis by Laura Harris Hales. And this is 2016. Perigo, finding Lehi in America through DNA analysis. Again, one of his main arguments is, one major problem identifying Lehi's DNA is that we don't know what it looked like. And this is why I was at such pains to quote all of the Mormon prophets and apostles and 70s that I could find using their own materials published through the church in official publications because we do know what it looked like. It has been identified, fundamentally so, and I don't know where I can find a higher authority than Jesus Christ. But these guys have to say this because the science of DNA has shown that there is no Lehi Hebrew Israelite DNA in America. The vast majority of it is Asian DNA, Siberian DNA specifically. And it dates to far older. It goes back 13,000 to 20,000 years ago, before even the Jaredites existed in the Book of Mormon. So this is why they have to shrink down the geographical locale of the Book of Mormon, as well as say, well, we can't find their genetic profile. That's not true. We can find it. We have found it. What they're rejecting is their own prophets. In order to try to make the Book of Mormon scientifically respectable, they have to refute their own prophets. But they're making it... Oh, 
hopefully that wind's not going to goof us up. They're making it so that the prophets aren't wrong, the science is. <laughs> They're ignoring the prophets, though, because the science has refuted the prophets. So, more of Perigo in his article, and this on page uh, 186, for those of you who are interested. The, the trick is the way he's arguing, which is so typical. I mean, the majority of apologists are now taking this particular stance. I mean, Jeff Lindsay does, Fair does. Uh, Daniel Peterson, unfortunately, he's such a brilliant scholar, and all of his material on this is just derivative. It's just inbred scholarship. All he does is quote people that agree with his conclusion already. Uh, he doesn't offer a whole lot new. Perigo is a typical representative um, where he says the problem with not knowing the DNA of Lehi and his group is categorized as the absence of specific information and the meaning it would be impossible to recognize their DNA even if it survived evolutionary forces and cultural isolation because we don't know what we're looking for. He says, how much DNA from Lehi or from other Book of Mormon peoples survived to our day? We don't know. In other words, how many lineages could be confidently assigned to them? Well, Hugo, that depends on whether you accept your prophet's revelations from Jesus Christ running the church or not. That is the issue that apologists don't want you to recognize, right? Now, let's go back to Joseph Smith's day, because the issue here is extremely interesting. I'll show you how the apologists are handling this, and it's very interesting, with this theme of Zelf. Now, in the Journal of Book of Mormon Studies, Volume 8, Number 2, 1999, Godfrey has an excellent article analyzing the details, what is the significance of Zelf in the study of Book of Mormon geography. He's much more concerned with geography, whereas I'm going to use the Zelf incident as an absolutely picture-perfect concept of Joseph Smith knowing exactly who the Lamanites are. And he calls them, now he was with several of the brethren. This is 3rd of June, this is on page 72, the 3rd of June, 1834, one mile south of modern Valley City, Illinois, in Pike County. And they were at the Naples Russell Mound, one of the Indian burial mounds, and they began scrounging around in it, found some bones with an arrowhead stuck between the ribs, or at least with the uh, skeleton about a foot beneath the earth's surface. And this is emphatic with every one of the brethren's accounts. There are, Godfrey shows that there are McBride, Martin, Woodruff, Hancock, History of the Church, Kimball, 
the times and seasons, Woodruff, George A. Smith, and then Woodruff, Woodruff first in uh, 1850, and then Woodruff again in 1893. So there's numerous different accounts, because there were several people around, when they discovered the skeleton, and then Joseph Smith showed up. They are decisive in saying that Joseph Smith received a revelation. And, in fact, it was a vision. Yeah. And this revelation, this vision, showed him who this owner was of the bones. And a few other facts regarding around the manner in which he died. Seven members wrote about it or discussed it. What is that? And, of course, there are... There are nuances, various divergencies in the information. What is not argued, what is not disputed, is the fact that he was a white Lamanite. Now, the, the question is, did his life end in the final battle of the Nephites or the Lamanites? That's somewhat iffy. But Lamanites and Nephites were absolutely all over because that is where they were, in Ohio. This was a battle where Zelf died, and he was labeled a white Lamanite. In fact, he was popular, according to the revelation, the vision that Joseph Smith had, that all of the people with Joseph Smith agreed he received this by revelation. This is not Joseph Smith's opinion. This is a revealed fact from Jesus. Okay? That's fundamental. He was known from the Atlantic to the Rocky Mountains. A very popular dude, right? He was impressed with the size of the skeleton. Uh, and this is Moses Martin. 22-year-old Moses Martin. He was impressed with the skeleton. And with Joseph's vision. And he mentions that. He said, wow, the prophet got a vision right in front of them and described the details. That was impressive. Many of the mounds were probably flung up by the Nephites and the Lamanites. The Indian mounds, now Dan Vogel, in his early materials, Indian Origins, and the, I've got it right here somewhere. Right here, Indian Origins in the Book of Mormon, Dan Vogel. If you haven't read that, you're cheating yourself. You need to do that. Uh, Simon, Simon uh, Southerton, Losing a Lost Tribe. Very important work on uh, Native Americans' DNA in the Mormon Church, 2004. You need to read that. Uh, there are others who have described the context of the mound builders, the, uh, the myth of the mound builders and all from Joseph Smith's revealed point of view and visions and understanding and from the angel Moroni instructing him when he first introduced him to the Book of Mormon, etc., Joseph Smith definitely said the Nephites and Lamanites are in North America. That is truly indisputed unless, of course, you want to say that, that it was just God's opinion. It might have been just Jesus' opinion, and therefore we can toss it off like you do as prophets. That's an option if, if the apologists want to make that. I haven't seen any of them make it yet, but boy, they do the darndest things. It might not surprise you after all when they do that.
And this is Wilfred Woodruff. He was told in an open vision that these were the bones of a white Lamanite whose name was Self. Now, Woodruff in his journals, everybody knows that he wrote in explicit, exquisite, excellent detail on the King Follett discourse, on all manner of church history materials. And so that's his journal understanding. Uh, and the longest and most detailed contemporary account of the discovery of this self was by Levi Hancock. He was later one of the presidents of the 70, and he talked about, uh, he does write that Zelf was a white Lamanite. Now, we're talking lineage here, you guys. This is not a cultural thing. Joseph Smith gave it as a Lamanite, genetic, right? Kimball states that Zelf was killed in the last destruction among the Lamanites. So there you have that. And again, uh, Hancock, this is consistent with Hancock's vision. Oh, Kimball's account does now Kimball's account doesn't make any explicit reference to the Nephites. This is on page 74 of Godfrey's article. But he sees the value of Joseph Smith's vision. It's definitely a vision. It is a revealed knowledge that Joseph Smith was given. Richards wrote that Zelf was a white Lamanite, a man of God who was a warrior and a chieftain. And he was under the great prophet Onandagus, Onandagus, oh, what a name, right? Who was known from the hill Cumorah, east sea to the Rocky Mountains. He was killed in battle by the arrow between his ribs. And he says that it was a great struggle with the Lamanites, but the Nephites is crossed out in his account. And then another account, uh, the Richards Manuscript, the reference to the hill Cumorah from the un amended Wilford Woodruff's journal was still included in the narrative. Oh yeah, they took different of their accounts and put it into the history of the church under Joseph Smith's direction, of course, and uh, so on and so forth. So, on all accounts, Zelf is identified as a Lamanite. Yeah. Among the Lamanites, either as the great struggles with the Lamanites and the Nephites, uh, there is some question about whether it was the last great battle mentioned in the Book of Mormon, but make no mistake about it. There is Lamanite and Nephite DNA absolutely scattered all over the place in the mounds, although the majority of them have been destroyed now and unfortunately turned into farmland because there's just no respect for the original inhabitants of this country by the whites when they got here. So this is the idea of self. No question it was a revelation. No question he was a white Lamanite. Now notice how, what I wanted to point out to you is, the incredibly fast, loose, and inaccurate way that Mark Allen Wright deals with this Zelf idea. This is in his article, Joseph Smith and Native American Artifacts, Chapter 5, in the book Approaching Antiquity, Joseph Smith and the Ancient World, edited by Lincoln Blumel, Matthew Gray, and Andrew Hedges. This was published by the Religious Studies Center in Deseret Book 
in 2015, Mark Allen Wright on the Zelf incident says, unfortunately, because, and this is on page 123, unfortunately due to the discrepancies in the six primary accounts of that day's activities, 3rd of June, 1834, or 2nd of June, he says, 1834, uh, it's impossible to ascertain what Joseph Smith actually said as the events unfolded, yada, yada, yada. In essence, during the course of their excavation, they found a skeleton remain one to two feet beneath the surface with an arrowhead embedded in or near their ribs, and Joseph proclaimed that the remains belonged to a righteous Lamanite warrior or prophet named Zelf. Whoa. You notice how he's skimming over the most important facts. Number one, he does not say this was a revelatory vision from Jesus Christ. But the original six were there, and every one of them were really impressed with that direct revelation. Wright skims over that. He doesn't want this to be revealed knowledge. He wants to be able to say, well, this is Joseph Smith's opinion, right? So he's playing fast and loose with the record, right? And then he says it was a righteous Lamanite warrior. Time out, buckwheat. That is not the description. The description is he was a white Lamanite, right? So you can see the apologists kind of play fast and loose in order to make sure they can squirrel around the full implications of the problem they have with this DNA and genetic material with the Book of Mormon. You can see it beautifully here in Mark Allen Wright. So be careful when studying the apologists, even when they're in fancy-looking cool books like this. It's a great book, by the way. I would recommend it. Approaching Antiquity, Joseph Smith, and the Ancient World. It's the Religious Studies Center is pretty good. This was after the demise of farms and uh, getting rid of all the old uh, ad hominem apologetics and their apologistics. But, uh, yeah, now the... Uh, and this... This reference here, this is edited by Daniel Peterson. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on several of the apologetic attempts at saving the Book of Mormon from science, which they utterly fail to do. This is the Book of Mormon and DNA Research. Peterson just basically uh, threw everybody's articles together that he could that helped save the Book of Mormon. Uh, this is from the Farms Review and the Journal of Book of Mormon Studies. And Dan Peterson wanted to edit it so that he could get his name yet on another publication because he's impressed with big numbers. So if he can go back to heaven having 3,398 publications to his credit, that's celestial material right there is what I'm thinking. 2008. So, and then, now let's take a quick look. John Sorensen and Matt Roper before DNA. They are trying to give the, now this is on page uh, 39, 38, 38. They're trying like crazy to describe the party's descendants called the people of Zarahemla 
and Nephites and Lamanites, different labels, a variety of groups, etc., because they have different biological origins, different cultures, different ethnic heritages, etc., etc., etc. They want to show that there's no indication anywhere in the Book of Mormon that the Lamanites were to be genetically exclusive line descending only from the two oldest sons in Lehi's family. But you see, their hypercritical reading of the Book of Mormon is in complete disagreement with every one of the Mormon prophets, beginning with Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, Wilford Woodruff, all of them, all the way up to Gordon B. Hinckley, at least. I haven't checked Russell Nelson yet, but Gordon B. Hinckley, and especially, I mean, Spencer W. Kimball, who, he was the Lamanite-loving prophet, right? They don't mention any of those guys. None of them whatsoever. The reason why is because they're trying to uh, help the Book of Mormon out from science eviscerating it, right? Well, Simon Southerton and others, losing a lost tribe, they've demonstrated conclusively that 96% of the DNA tested by uh, over 157 different Indian tribes, and this is all the way north up into Alaska, from Canada, from North America, from Central America, from Mexico, from Guatemala, from Ecuador, all the way down south to South America in Brazil and Uruguay and Paraguay and Argentina, all of the DNA testing, 96.4% come from Siberia. There is no Israelite DNA. So the Mormon prophets are in trouble here. And that is what the apologists are trying to save. So what they're going to do is they're going to muddy up not only the Book of Mormon, but the DNA research also. And they utterly fail, in my opinion. John Butler, oh, John Butler. He was a terrific, terrific uh, apologist addressing the questions. This is on page uh, 73. He says, thus, the Book of Mormon record does not supply sufficient information to provide a reliable calibration point in the past that may serve as a reference for modern-day DNA comparisons. DNA information alone, therefore, cannot prove or disprove the Book of Mormon. You see, they're trying to neutralize the incredible power and all-inclusive conclusions that DNA research has shown that the Book of Mormon didn't get it right. The problem with Butler's approach is the prophets have given us sufficient information. That's why I was such pains in the front of this video to show you as many references as I can from the prophets and apostles and the Quorum of the Seventy in their own official publications, which is free on their website. And yet they're trying to make it a problem. What they're doing is, is they're disagreeing with their prophets. And they really, <laughs> oh, 
oh my goodness. And then they go on and on and on. I've got uh, this, i got to make this quick. The Lamanite lineage history is difficult to test through DNA information. No, it's not. It's an absolute piece of cake. We've done it now. We've done it. According to the prophets, there's tens of millions of Lamanites, and many of those have been tested. And in fact, they aren't from Israel, as the Book of Mormon teaches. They're from Siberia. That's the problem. So, anyway, if we grant, now this is on page 87, if we grant that the global colonialization hypothesis is the correct lineage history emerging from the Book of Mormon, this hypothesis predicts that the modern-day descendants of the Lamanite lineage should contain the Middle Eastern genetic signature. Presumed by population genetics, or presumed by some of the direct genetic descendants of the Lamanites, have an Asian genetic signature, which in point of fact is why the apologists are at such pains as Brentley Metcalf and Simon Southerton and Thomas, uh, not Thomas Monson, Thomas Murphy, have been at pains to show the apologists are trying to shrink down the geography down to a small point in Mesoamerica because then they can save the, the Book of Mormon from the DNA genetics. But all of the prophets have completely blown that ad hoc excuse out of the water. Every one of them. They've said not only do they go far north up into Alaska, but there's millions of them on every continent, north, central, and south. And that's the problem for the apologists to worry about. They're throwing their own prophets under the bus. See, this is an interesting thing. Randy Jordan, when I called him on the phone here a few years back after I stopped being an apologist, got to talk to him. He says, Shirts, you guys were so easy to refute. And I go, how? Because he was a vituperative critic. I never could get him to be convinced with the apologetic evidence. And I was throwing mountains of it at him. He said, it was so simple to refute every one of you guys online. We just simply quoted Joseph Smith to you. And that's how he defeated me on the book of Abraham and the Joseph Smith papyri. Just quote Joseph Smith back at the apologists because they can't use Joseph Smith. Because everything he thought, said, and believed about the papyri, the translation in the book of Abraham, is wrong. And the Egyptologists have demonstrated that succinctly, powerfully, and totally. Well, take a clue. Now, with this DNA genetic information, with the Book of Mormon supposedly having Israelite blood over here in America, and the DNA showing that there's no Israelite genetic material over here, that it's the vast majority is Siberian and Asian, and the apologists are trying like crazy to save the Book of Mormon, the key here is, once again, quote their own prophets to them. President Kimball, Gordon B. Hinckley, Brigham Young, Joseph Smith, John Taylor, all of the apostles, Boyd K. Packer, all of them. Quote them back at them. <laughs> Isn't 
that fascinating? The apologists are supposed to be defending the prophets in the Book of Mormon, and instead they're throwing them under the bus, and they're completely reinterpreting the Book of Mormon into an interpretation that is so muddle-headed and incorrect that it's astonishing. That, it's an amazing, it, it, it is an amazing situation. Oh, now Michael Whiting. Michael Whiting, you know, DNA in the Book of Mormon, a phylogenetic perspective. See, they're trying to show you how scholarly and scientific they are. You know, Jeff Lindsay has, has his website discussing this subject with an absolute boatload of uh, articles, science articles on, on the genetics and the DNA and all that. Ignores the prophets because they're taking the science side. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want the science to support the Book of Mormon, and it doesn't. So they're trying to muddy up the waters in both the Book of Mormon and science to try to buy time. In the whole process, they're ignoring the prophets. Whiting, given the complexities of genetic drift, founder effect, and introgression, I mean, wow, we've got lots of problems with the genetic material, right? The observation that Native Americans have a preponderance of Asian genes does not conclusively demonstrate that they are therefore not descendants of the Lamanite lineage, because we do not know what genetic signature that Lamanite lineage possessed at the conclusion of the Book of Mormon record. Sure we do. We've got lots and lots and lots of material. It's a direct genetic lineage, according to the Mormon prophets. It's from Lehi, who was an Israelite in Manasseh. The Book of Mormon says he was from Manasseh. He says the Lamanites are certainly literal blood relatives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and Lehi. Every patriarchal blessing shows you your lineage. Many, many, many hundreds of the patriarchal blessings given to the Native Americans and the Central Americans and the South Americans describe how they are from Manasseh, not Ephraim. Why? Because they are the children of Lehi. The problem is there's no Lamanite DNA. There's no Israelite Lamanite DNA in America, or Polynesia, or Hawaii. Very interesting. So the prophets have solved that problem, but they don't like that. Native Americans, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The remnant may be found, this remnant, Oh, now this is Matt Roper. Nephi's Neighbors, Book of Mormon Peoples and Pre-Columbian Populations. The Latter-day Scriptures speak of a remnant of those people described in the Book of Mormon and of their prophetic destiny, suggesting that this remnant may be found among Native American groups known perhaps, known perhaps to Joseph Smith and others. Known perhaps to Joseph Smith and others? I mean, my good friend Matt Roper is really acting desperate. Perhaps he misunderstood the angel Moroni when he told him? Perhaps that revelation of the vision of Zelf was just God's opinion? What do you mean, perhaps? 
You see, they're minimizing the revelation aspect of the truth because the revelation aspect is at odds with the solid, verifiable science. That's a rock and a hard place I am very grateful I don't have to be stuck between, like my friends, the apologists. Yowza. And now, Matt Roper swimming in the gene pool. Yeah, and this, this is on page 241-242. Who are the Lehites? Uh, if their arguments are to have any validity, of course, critics of the Book of Mormon must assume that lineage-related terms in the Book of Mormon, such as descendant, seed, children, Nephite, and Lamanite, are exclusively genetic in their meaning. Well, that's how the prophets of Mormonism have understood it, through revelation from Jesus Christ, as they have taken their mission to the Lamanites, fulfilling Book of Mormon prophecy, which can only be seen as literal and the plain meaning of the text, according to the prophets. So again, my friend Matt Roper is in trouble here, and he is really seemingly desperate. But what's more, they clearly identify the blood of Lehi. Man, they mean it genetic literal. And that's the one term Matt doesn't put in here. He says descendant, seed, children, Nephite, Lamanite, as genetic. But the prophets have also said the blood and the direct children of Lehi, and that is how the Mesoamericans and the South American Indians and North American Indians, because they have been taught that, that is precisely how they understand themselves to be. And that's something else that the apologists will not mention. So, I mean, it's a wipeout. It, it is a debacle. So, there's that. Now, um... Let me take a quick look. Yeah, this is Simon Southerton wrote an absolutely phenomenal response. Answers to apologetic claims about DNA in the Book of Mormon. It was posted July 1st, 2011. You can look this up on the internet and read it. Very powerful. Very, very interesting. Uh, I don't have time to get into it. Uh, this particular exchange I really want to at least talk about because... Again, my friend John Twetness, who is unfortunately passed now, he's deceased, but at the time he was alive, Brent Metcalf wrote a blistering critique, and man, he was right on. He, he nailed it. Reinventing Lamanite DNA, this was in the uh, Sunstone, oh, when was it, 2000? Oh, come on. 2004. Sunstone, 2004. I think it was Sunstone 2004. You can get it online for free. Very, very important study wherein he shows the, uh, the problem with the uh, apologetic approach is they're trying to say that they know more than the genetic experts and they also know more than the prophets. Only their approach is correct. Everyone else is either being too simplistic, too muddle-headed, too moronic. 
it, it's childish, etc. The problem is the Mormon understanding, all of the tens of millions of Mormons who believe what they believe in regard to the Book of Mormon and the Lamanite, the problem is they've gotten that from their church leaders because that is what the church leaders have taught them because that is how the church leaders understand the actual Book of Mormon text. And they receive that by the Holy Ghost, by revelation from Jesus Christ himself who has told them, hey, take the gospel to the Lamanites. The Indians in your land, well, most of those revelations were in North America, and that is where the early brethren went. The borders of the Lamanites in the Doctrine and Covenants is in Ohio and Missouri and all that jazz. It's right here in the North American continent, for Pete's sake. None of this fits the apologetic paradigm. That's the problem. That was Brent Metcalf's approach, and unfortunately my friend John DeVetnis, he responded in the Farms Review of Books for 16-2-2004. Uh, oh, no, 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 that's, no, that's his review. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, 2004. Uh, and Twetness just dwells on, it seems to me like he missed the whole point of Metcalf. Uh, he dwells on the trivialities of some technical definitions using the biblical Hebrew, which I didn't think helped clarify the issue at all. I uh, could be wrong, but I doubt it. But Twetness unfortunately ignored the whole, your own prophets have taught this part. And uh, and so he really didn't he really didn't get a good look at this. I I, I think hands down uh, Brentley Metcalf won that argument. And now, unfortunately, oh man, <laughs> poor Brant Gardner, my friend Brant Gardner. Uh, DNA claims rebutted on the Book of Mormon. This was in the Deseret News for uh, October twenty fourth, two thousand seven. And uh, Brent Gardner, unfortunately, he comes across as just so desperate. Just, he's got to minimize the problem of the entire Book of Mormon is misguided, according to the science, and therefore all of the prophets and their readings of how to interpret this thing, and the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, the church has spent trying to minister to the Lamanites on three different continents, plus all of the Pacific Islands. I mean, all of this incredible sunk cost. Gardner has this to say. <laughs> this is so sad. Gathering of 200 people at the Red Lion Hotel, that a lack of DNA evidence showing American Indians are of Hebrew descent is, quote, so Gardner in this 200 people gathered at the Red Lion Hotel, that lack of DNA evidence showing American, Hebrew, American Indians are of Hebrew descent is, to quote my friend Brant Gardner, the most important non-issue we have in modern Mormonism, unquote. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to deny the problem exists when it's absolutely 
eliminates the Book of Mormon for contention, just exactly like Robert Rittner's Egyptology eliminated the entire Book of Abraham apologetics and the Book of Abraham. If you want to call that a non-issue also, you're welcome to, but that doesn't address anything. That's just pure denial. That's desperation to try to say, hey, hey, hang on to your faith. Things will get better, etc. You know, the, and then, um, real briefly, I'm running out of time here, doggone it. Daniel Peterson, his article, uh, February 27th, 2017, this is just, this is derivative stuff. This isn't good at all. I, I, I'm sorry to have to say that, but yeah, this is the Book of Mormon and DNA Studies in the Gospel Topics on LDS.org. Um, he's just simply quoting people and repeating things that all the apologists have said, and he's just quoting people that he likes. And so, I mean, you're not going to learn much from Peterson on this topic at all. Oh, and then, once again, on the FAIR website, and I'm not trying to pick on David G. Stewart, Jr., He's a, uh, a medical doctor. He's got DNA in the Book of Mormon. Uh, he talks about the LDS position being challenged, but he's ignoring his prophets. And then, listen to what Stewart says. This is so misleading, it's electrifying. Now, the correct cure for Dr. Stewart's obfuscation on the FAIR website is without question Simon Southerton losing a lost tribe. This destroys Stewart without question. However, the way Stewart puts this is just, this is close to criminal. I'm sorry to have to say this, but uh, he, here's what he says. Studies have found that Native Americans have less mitochondrial DNA diversity than any other large people group of comparable size, and even less diversity than the much smaller modern Jewish population. The mitochondrial DNA, that's the MT DNA, research of, of Dr. D. Andrew Merriweather suggests that the mitochondrial genetics of Native American peoples could be explained by a single migration, while others believe that there may have been two or four migrations of closely related people groups. One writer notes most Indians of North America and all Indians of Central and South America seem to be descended from this first wave of migrants. Similarities in Amerindian languages as well as in DNA point to the conclusion that a very small group of migrants gave rise to this enormous far-flung assemblage of peoples in a relatively short time. Genetic evidence of one or a few closely related founding groups serving as the ancestors of the overwhelming majority of Native Americans is fully consistent with traditional LDS views of Native American origin from the Lamanites, Nephites, and Mulekites, and that is pure BS. Which is so unfortunate. There is nothing congruent with the mitochondrial studies and the Mormon view in the Book of Mormon and the Mormon prophets. The single migration, the idea of migrations that he's talking about, what he's not 
telling you is the science has demonstrated, which he is in agreement with at this point, he just doesn't tell his audience, is that the migrations occurred 20,000 years ago up to 13,500 years ago before the Jaredites were even a twinkle in Joseph Smith's eye. That's what he's not telling you. This is not congruent with the Mormon view. For one reason, every one of the migrations, including that single migration, comes from Siberia via the land bridge up north where Alaska is. It has nothing to do with ship voyaging people from the Middle East with Israelite blood. There's nothing congruent. And yet here he's blatantly saying, oh yeah, that fits beautifully. Uh, you know, what do you do with crap like that? <laughs> you educate yourself. That's what you do. You educate yourself. This is important. Uh, what else have I got to uh, to share with you? Um, Simon Southerton is probably one of the most realistic losing a lost tribe. I can't get into a lot of the details that he covers. He is very, very, very good. He's certainly thorough. I would strongly recommend that book. Unfortunately, here is the bottom line. The bottom line is... The issue of science versus religion, religion cannot win it. And in the process of recognizing that, I mean, the Jews have gone through this, uh, the Christians have gone through this, now the Mormons are going through this, eventually every religion goes through this, right? Science never takes second place. And at first, of course, everyone is arguing that, um, well, it's incomplete, etc. Therefore, there's still hope, etc. Uh, Southerton has demonstrated with the other molecular biologists and, and geneticists who are in complete agreement with him that the 96 I think it's 96.4. I'll say 96.4. It could be 96.6. It could be 96.8. I can't exactly remember, but the percentage of Asian blood genetics in all of the Americas is predominantly Siberian, Asian. The other remaining 4.2 or 4.4 percent or whatever are not Israelite or Jewish DNA either. And he's got a huge Southerton in his book, has a gigantic chapter on what does the ancient Hebrew DNA look like. So we do too know what it looks like. And none of it is in Americas or the Pacific Islands. So, yeah. A non-issue. <laughs> it just eliminated the entire Book of Mormon, Nephites and Lamanites. If Brant Gardner wants to call that a non-issue, he's welcome to, but he was never more wrong. 
the uh, the poor apologists have an uphill struggle here, and so they're going to try to. Well, their revisionist history of of the Book of Mormon, and they're completely ignoring and name-calling their prophets as simpletons and oh well. They try to make it look like it's the church membership, but the church membership has always gotten their information from the church leaders. It's the church leaders' interpretation and reading of the scriptures that the vast majority of Mormons have always accepted. So in, in criticizing the members for being simple-minded, narrow-minded, uh, of being lazy learners, of not knowing the issues, of not tackling the Book of Mormon in a serious manner, the apologists are saying, in essence, we're the only ones who have finally discovered what the Book of Mormon really means. From Joseph Smith's day on, no matter how many revelations they've received, they, every one of the prophets have gotten it wrong until we showed up. And now we have the correct interpretation. Not only that, but we have also shown how the molecular biologists, the DNA experts and the geneticists, their science, yeah, we agree with their conclusions at this point, but they're still wrong. We're right. That is what the apologetic has amounted to. And uh, if that's what you're comfortable with and willing to agree with, good luck. You're going to need it. So anyway, I've said enough. Thanks for watching my Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism, science, philosophy, history, whatever subject, mathematics, whatever subject interests us. Uh, I'm having a ball doing these. Uh, I hope you'll continue watching Radio Free Mormon and the Mormonism Live uh, programs at uh, Mormon Discussions Live and Mormon Discussions Inc. And uh, I do have podcasts on the backyardprofessor.org. If you would be so kind, please donate to the podcast. It helps us keep it going. We do have an enormous amount of subjects that we're trying to cover, and we will continue doing so, showing you why the interpretations don't necessarily make sense anymore, and we are trying to make sense of it with a more complete and accurate background. So, be good, do well, have fun, work hard, make friends, be kind, and I will see you in the next Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism.